punctuates it, and he creates his own offensive chance with that motor. Krejci to Coyle, and the Leafs are moved again! Howdy. Welcome in to the Nesson Bruins podcast. I am Nesson.com's Logan Mullen, joined once again by Nesson.com's Lauren Campbell. Lauren, what's up? Hockey's back, so I am very happy to say the least. Hockey indeed is back. It is 3.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which means we're about an hour and a half away from the first NHL games of the season. Uh, and what is it, 24 I'm not good at math. 26 and a half hours until the start of 27 and a half hours until the first Boston Bruins game of the season. So we made it Uh, a shorter off season than usual, right? You know, a couple months, all of November, all of December, then parts of October and January. Um, Do you ever think we were going to get here? It felt like a really long wait. And then everything came together really quickly. Like when I woke up this morning, I was like, shoot, like it, it's here now. Like it has arrived. Yeah, and it's funny that you say it's a shorter off season because it just sounds it just felt like it's been the same if not longer, at least to me. Um because at one point it was we have a start date but nothing really like set in stone for protocols and all of a sudden it's like here's our schedule, here's our protocols and here's everything you need to know about what's going right. to happen this season. Yeah, and that's kind of what happened over the summer too when they got back to the bubble. It was like it, everybody kind of knew that stuff was in the works and then it was just kind of like a snap thing one day it's like okay it's back um I think part of that is all part of the like COVID experience anyways where like the time just blends together there's no such thing as like a concrete date it's just all like a a a linear movement of time um but we don't have to go too far down that (laughs) existential rabbit hole um so we're gonna just rattle right through the entire NHL today but this is of course, a Bruins podcast. So we would be remiss if we did not start with the Boston Bruins. I guess a couple housekeeping items first. As of now, as we record this, the roster has not been made official, but with all the personnel movements that they've made over the last couple of days, I think they've gotten it down to the 23 that they need, and they have at least an idea of the taxi squad. They put part Lindholm on waivers today, which means Trent Frederick is going to be the extra forward to start the season. And it looks like John Moore and Connor Clifton will be the spare defensemen and the forwards are basically the ones that we've seen together all camp. There really aren't a whole lot of surprises. Um, and then as far as taxi squad, what we do know is Greg McKegg, uh, Uro Vakanainen and Dan Vladar. Um, and then presumably I would say Lindholm in the event he clears waivers. Um, but Steven Camford's dealing with a family emergency, so he doesn't fit into the equation. Maybe they'll add another guy or two to the taxi squad, but, you know, David Posternock's going to come back eventually. So, you know, basically by filling the roster up all the way right now, they're just creating a headache down the road. So things are still up in the air, but we have a general idea. Um, you know, we, we tackled a lot of these ideas last week, but it looks like, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, Jack Stadnico on the top line. I, I guess we'll start there. Um, we'll revisit that a little bit. That's the right move, right? We're, we're in agreement on that one. Yeah, I think so. I don't, I mean, you said it, there's no, no real surprises. And I think even going into camp, we knew Stadnico was going to get a, a shot at that top line with Posh knockout. So I don't, I don't think anyone else really fits in that role. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I, because you are, 
known for carrying the water for Anders Bjork. I, I'd be remiss if we didn't jump to the fourth line, which I, I think Bruce Cassidy, he emphasized again uh, today. Today is Wednesday um, that, you know, he, he sees a little bit of Joachim Nordstrom and Anders Bjork, and I've started to see it more and more. That's like an, an increasingly responsible defensive player and a swift skater that they could actually kind of use in all situations. They didn't do that with Nordstrom, but they can at least use Bjork on the penalty kill and they put Richie on the third line. And by all accounts, that seems like it's working well. Are, are we past the point of having any qualms with that? Like we just kind of have to see it in action, right? Yeah, I know I said last week, it was kind of like, where does Richie fit? But it just really seems like it is that third line where he does fit. Um, and I just think if it's working right now in camp, let's see if it works in games and then go from there. There's no reason to, to tinker with it if it's, if it's working right now. Yeah, and I think they have enough flexibility. I mean, maybe to a fault sometimes, Bruce Cassidy likes mixing up lines in games. And, and I would hope that after trying these four combos out for as long as he did during camp, that he'd at least let it ride for more than just a couple periods against the Devils. Um, but there's enough flexibility there where, like, if you want to put Bjork on the top line, you can. If you want to <clears throat> move Stadnika down somewhere, you can. So they left themselves with options. Um, again, the defense, we've kind of known that it was going to be Lozon McAvoy and Grizzly Carlo for a while. Looks like it's going to be Jacob Zaborl and Kevin Miller, uh, which if you asked me before camp, I'd say that did not sound like a likely combination. But, I mean, Kevin Miller's going to play, which is kind of wild when you think about all he's been through. That, that is something I never thought we would arrive at is Kevin Miller playing again, if we're being honest. Yeah, I honestly thought he was going call to call it quits just from all the setbacks he had. And it just it really felt like there was going to be no comeback for him. Um, but obviously that's not the case. And it's nice to see that he seems to be making strides in training camp. I mean, no one's really said that he's – had any sort of setback it's just he's 100 ready to go um so it, it's nice to see um i'll be interested to see how he pairs up with saboral and how they kind of mesh together so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens on that blue line yeah it i'm encouraged that miller's better because I think that that bodes well for saboral's development because we saw what it was like when they put grizzly and um Miller together a few years ago and like it is apples and oranges to a degree but Zavoral's still a young puck mover unproven in the NHL um, and, and it's probably safer for him to be playing with a guy like Kevin Miller provided he's stable right now in lieu of playing with someone like Connor Clifton where you know God bless Connor Clifton, but he could be a little, a uh, little wild at times. And so, you know, that, that's probably not the best spot for Zaboral to be in. So I, I hope for both of them. I mean, it's been challenging pass for each in their own right. Um, and, and I'd love to see that work out um, just from a pure human perspective. Um, as much as I like John Moore and would love to see John Moore play, it sounds like he got thoroughly outplayed and the Bruins have been steadfast in their desire to have a youth movement and, there you go. You have Lausanne and Zaboral, uh, you know, bookending your left side. So God bless them. Um, any other thoughts on the Bruins before we just start whipping it around the NHL here? No, I just think I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do. It's going to, it's a very different team this year than it was last year. So and it's different from what we've seen in the last few years, not even just last year. So it's going to be interesting to see how they mesh with the, the younger guys, how they fare without Poshnok for that brief amount of time. 
Um, and just overall, like where they finish in the standings, it's a tough division, but it's going to be, it's going to be a battle. The only four teams get in from each division. So it's going to be really, really, really interesting. What do we think is a successful season for the Bruins? Like, you know, in the two of the last three years, they're out in the second round against the lightning the year before they're in the cup final, but they lose. Obviously making the playoffs is the expectation if they don't for one it honestly probably would not be the greatest sin because their division is incredibly challenging um but i mean is this i think i'm willing to give them like they will have met expectations if they reach the second round again probably you would you would like to think maybe a little bit more but they did undergo some changes this offseason so if they can stay where they're at while playing a significantly younger group in the back end, I would say that probably makes for a successful enough campaign. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think, you know, if they get beyond the second round, that's exceeding expectations and that's great. Um, and if they obviously don't make the playoffs, there's going to be a lot of angry fans out there, but you know, it's, there is this youth movement going on. I don't know if you can really call it a rebuild, but you know, there's a lot of changes and I still think they're a playoff team. It's just going to be a matter of how far. Yeah. They're still good. Like that, that's the thing is like, you know, I, because they, for one, they didn't make a notable signing. Like the Craig Smith thing has not gotten nearly as much attention as it probably should have, but they're still good. And like the guys they're trying out, like Zaboral's still a first round draft pick. Like if Vakaninen plays, he's still a first round draft pick. Like Jeremy Lozon, not a first rounder, but has proven he can play in the NHL. Um, and, you know, he's going to play alongside Charlie McAvoy. So they're positioning him to be in a good spot. So like, and Tugarask is still there. Like, like their goaltending situation's fine. Like it's so easy when you're in, when you don't look at things from a national perspective to look through things through like a, a filtered lens to an unfair degree, basically. And like, I don't think people realize how many more roster holes most teams have compared to the Bruins. Um, So like until they prove otherwise, like they were the best team in the regular season last year, even if it was truncated, like they lost in the playoffs to the eventual Stanley cup champions. Um, I don't know. I'm all about keeping perspective. So I'm trying to bear in mind that like, this is still a good team. Nobody should be writing off the Bruins at all this early in the season, even with the changes that they've had. Yeah. I mean, really the, the biggest changes are on defense. Like you said, you still have the the goalie tandem of Halak and Rask. You pretty much have your core uh, forwards there. They didn't, they're only losing Pashanak for a brief amount of games. I don't really know how many yet, but he's going to come back earlier in the season than later. And then, as you said, the Craig Smith signing, it's gone so quiet. I don't know if it's just because it was a COVID thing and it's, you know, it's hard when you sign somebody, you don't really get that look at them right away, but they, I mean, they improved in areas they needed to. And even on defense, they feel that they feel confident with this group. So that's really the biggest question mark is the defense. Everything else just seems intact to me. Yeah. All right. All right. Warmed up. Good to go. The brain's on. Yep. <laughs> All right. I am going to set a stopwatch and we are going to try and get, through every team in the NHL in the next 10 minutes. Because it's about 20 seconds per team because we're obviously going to pass on the Bruins. Right. So, all right. I have 
finished my semi-daily cappuccino from McDonald's. Uh, I have had my water and hydrated and I am good to go. Are you good to go? Good. I am hydrated as all heck, so I am ready. All right, let's ride. So we'll start with the Ducks. Um, I hope Trevor Zegras gets to play eventually. And I don't think he's starting with them to begin the season, but with John Gibson still there, I'd like to think that the Ducks will be at least better than they were last year. Yeah, I think they're probably fourth. I think they do get into that playoff spot, um, into the division. They lock up that last playoff spot. Um, but kind of like, you know, the Bruins on the blue line, it's a little bit of a youth movement over in Anaheim. So uh, I'm going fourth in the division with them. I think they do get that playoff spot. Yeah, I think they could be a team to watch this year. They have a lot of the young guys that they're – it's kind of like time for them to seize the opportunity. So we'll see. Those teams can be weird sometimes. Uh, Arizona Coyotes, I am not high on. Uh, they had uh, Taylor Hall walk. They're in a dreadful cap situation. Um, they basically can make no moves to bring guys in. Um, Oliver ekman Larson, they just put through the ringer. So I, I am not excited about the Arizona Coyotes this year. I'm not either. And I also think they get a little bit screwed by the uh, division alignment. Um, so on top of that, with everything you just said, I, I'm not really, I don't have high hopes for them. Yeah. Uh, skipping past the Bruins, the Buffalo Sabres, obviously you can't get much worse when you add Taylor Hall. I think they're going to be very fun to watch up front offensively. I think pretty much everywhere else could be an abject disaster for them. And that East division's tough. So I think that they will probably miss the playoffs once again, but will be more entertaining. Yeah, I think Taylor Hall definitely adds that entertainment aspect for sure. Um, but again, with the, the division realignment there, I just kind of think they get left out. But not that, I mean, they've been close-ish, but I just think this the shortened season and everything is not going to be good for them. Calgary Flames, uh, it's tough to add Jacob Markstrom and not get better. They, they gave him a big enough contract. So you would like to think that with the young talent that they have up front, I mean, they still have Kachuk, they still have Johnny Gaudreau. Maybe uh, adding Markstrom will shore things up in the back a little bit. Uh, this was a team that was close to blowing everything up too, it sounded like. So I think that the leash is pretty short for them, but some people think they could win the North Division. I wouldn't go that far, but I don't think the Flames will be bad. Um, I am one of those people who thinks that they'll win the division. I think I put that. Look in at you. Too. Yeah. Um, Nordstrom may have sent something to do with that. I That's true. <laughs> yeah. Put him in the top line role. <laughs> but um, I have high hopes for them. I think their additions were, were positive. And I think, uh, I don't think there's going to be a team that overtakes that top spot in the North. Uh, okay. Carolina Hurricanes, a, a team I always want to pick against, but like their top line is up there with one of the best in the NHL. If Dougie Hamilton's actually back and healthy, it's tough to find a better defensive combination than him and Jacob Slavin. It's just, it's always been the goaltending and they really did not get much better. They're going to lean on Peter Morazic again, which right. I think is going to be a problem. Yeah. I think that will be the problem and also their consistency, which we've seen kind of be issue throughout the regular season. Um, I do think they get a playoff spot, but I do think the same thing's going to happen. Um, lack of goaltending and then just consistent play. Yeah, now moving on to the Chicago Blackhawks, another team that I think is going to be very bad. They're yeah. heading in the wrong direction anyways. Um, and then Jonathan Taves is out to start the year. Obviously, Corey Crawford's gone, not just to the Devils, but to retire. I think they're rolling with Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban as their goaltending. A lot of guys on gaudy contracts from the mid-2010s that shouldn't be playing big roles anymore. It's going to be a bad year for the Blackhawks. 
it's going to be awful. It's no fun rebuilding. It's no fun rebuilding in realigned divisions either, especially in this division <laughs> where they just, they're going to get shelled every night. Um, it's going to be tough for Blackhawks fans this year. Conversely, the Colorado Avalanche, who I think both of us think could win the Stanley Cup. I love the Avs. I think they're going to be so much fun to watch. I think 56 and 0 for the Avs. Like they're they going to be so good. I guess the only question would be uh, how much can they lean on Philip Grubauer, but Avs are going to be nice. Oh, yeah. I'm all in on the Avs. Um, Stanley Cup champs all through and through. Um, and they were missing three other four pairing their forwards last year at different times. So get all those guys back. They're going to be dangerous. They're maybe not 56 and 0, maybe like 55 and 1. I'll give them one. <laughs> we'll, we'll spot them a loss to Vegas. Um, all right. The Columbus Blue Jackets. I never want to pick against them because John Tortorella always does a good job with them. But like the Pierre Luc Dubois thing is weird. He clearly doesn't want to be there. They were setting aside a bunch of money for a deal that never ended up happening. I kept thinking they were going to get like Hoffman or Hall or someone like that just never happened. But I mean, they made the playoffs last year and they were a tough customer. So I don't know. I, I think they will be a middle of the road team, but they could again be the victim of a tough division. They've got the blues stars and lightning to all deal with. Yeah. I think they'll lock up the, the fourth spot. Um, John Tortorella really gets the best out of his players. Blue Jackets as Bruins fans know are real, a gritty team, their physical team. So I think they'll, they'll get in, but I don't, it's, I mean, it's not going to be easy. Dallas stars. Um, I, I mean, they were a few games away from winning the Stanley cup last year. I think that they will once again, be good. I think they're going to stumble out of the gate. Um, a lot of health concerns. Tyler Sagan isn't going to be available. They just had COVID basically dismantle their roster. Um, it'll be a slow start, but I think as long as the stars get into the playoffs, they'll be good again. Yeah. I think Ben Bishop's out for the beginning of the season too. Um, I know he yeah. had them. so him and Sagan I mean those are two big losses there um, but Hudobin's fine he'll be fine in net for them um, I think you said it perfectly there'll be some struggles in the beginning because of COVID and then that's going to set them back but I think they're going to bounce right back and go right back to the playoffs like nothing ever happened the Detroit Red Wings we can almost <laughs> skip over they're going to be bad like they're, bad. They're, they're big time trusting the process which is fine but they're just not in a position to win do they get more than 17 wins this year? No, no, not in 56 games. I'll give them like 15, but I, I think they're going to get rocked. Yeah, it's fair. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, another team where it's like, I, I want to pick against them because they always disappoint me, but they do have like two of the five best players in the NHL. Um, they're fun to watch, but I think, again, they could be a ride in the back end, especially with Clefbaum out for the year. I do hope Tyson Berry comes around, but like, I don't know. The, the Oilers are fine. Yeah, I think I, I'm torn on them because I they have so much talent, but they didn't really upgrade their goaltending. So I think that might hurt them come come the season, throughout the season, and trying to make the playoffs. The Florida Panthers, uh, that's another team where defense has kind of killed them in the past few years. I like some of the additions. Like, I like that they add Radko Gudis. I like the Marcus Nudevara trade. Um they're fine up front, but their defense has always been such a mess. And if Sergei Bobrovsky isn't what they need him to be, like that's another team that could just get rocked in that central division. I hope not because they've actually invested in that team and they're exciting, but they're in a weird spot. Yeah. If, if Bobrovsky can play how he did while he was with Columbus, they might have a fighting chance, but it's again with the, with the alignment, it kind of helps them because they're not playing the Bruins and the Leafs constantly. Right. But you know, it's, they're just, 
uh, they've, like I said, they've invested and they've made nice additions, but I just don't, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year. Yeah. I do like the Anthony Duclair signing too. That was, that was somebody I wanted to end up on the Bruins. Uh, similarly, the Los Angeles Kings who got another, I thought Bruins target of Andreas Athanasiu, another team similar to the ducks where, you know, a lot of young guys who it's kind of their time to show up. They play incredibly hard. Like they lost a lot last year, but they were not like a quote unquote bad team. Goaltending though, like Jonathan quick is a puddle now. Um, so that will probably be what ultimately kills them. Yeah. And, and they're all around really tough team, but I don't know. I don't think they can compete for the playoffs this year, but they're, I mean, they're not going to be a cakewalk, but there'll be no, they're going to be tough, but it's, I don't know. I just, they're blah for me. Yeah. <laughs> and you want to talk about blah teams. So the Minnesota wild, I have no clue what they're doing. Like they, they're, they should be rebuilding. None of their prospects have worked out. Uh, like Jordan Greenway hasn't been great. Joel Erickson has been bad. They traded Ryan Donato. Um, but like, they still make these moves that teams that are contending move the, the Matt Zuccarello deal last year, um, the trade for Nick Bugstad, like it, they let Miko Koivu walk. Um, I just, they did add Marcus Johansson, but I have no clue what they're trying to do. I am very down on the wild. Yeah. They, um, they've confused me a little bit because I feel like they've been close and they, they, I felt like they knew what they were doing. And then all of a sudden it's just kind of like, let's just make all these random moves and just pray that it works. Yeah. Right. Uh, and speaking of the Montreal Canadians who were in on just about everything this off season, some good additions. Um, you know, I like the Tyler to Foley signing. They do have a lot of young talent. It's tough to pick against them when Carey Price is in the fold. So I think they're actually positioned to start to compete a little bit more than they have in the past years, but if not, they could be in a tough spot because their cap situation isn't great. Yeah, the cap isn't really ideal there, but their additions have been really nice. Um, Carey Price should probably get more rest with Jake Allen coming in. So that's yeah. always a plus two. Um, I definitely have higher hopes than other teams with for the Canadians. I think they're I think they'll get into the playoffs. I think they'll get that last spot. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the goaltending and then their forwards. Yeah, the Nashville Predators, I think, are one bad streak to begin the season away from, like, blowing everything up. Uh, lost a lot during the offseason, didn't really add a whole lot. Another team that felt like they were in on a lot but never really got anything. And they better hope Pecorine's better or that UC Soros is actually, like, good. But that's a goaltending situation I'm down on, too. Yeah, and if, you know, they have Matthew Shane and Ryan Johansson. If those two don't play better, they are so screwed. Yeah, they're in a tough spot. Uh, the New Jersey Devils, uh, they're just not there yet. I think the Devils will be fun to watch, but like losing Corey Crawford sucks. It's going to be baptism by fire again for Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, but they'll be fun, but they're just not ready to compete yet. Yeah, I, I think you said it perfectly. Um, at least they have more. They'll be more fun than the Devils. I mean, I'm sorry, the Red Wings to watch. Yeah, right. <laughs> but um, it's going to be, it'll be slow for, for Devils fans. It's going to be tough, but there there's potential there to, to, for them to grow and be a really fun team. Yeah. Uh, the Islanders, again, the, a team that really had to manage their cap situation this off season. So a lot of guys left, not a lot of guys stuck around, but they did get Matt Barzell resigned. They still have a very good forward situation. They have decent defensive depth. Um, I'm skeptical about a full season of Semyon Varlamov as the top goalie. Um, I, I guess Ilya Sorokin will probably get a shot too, but I mean, they were in the final four last year, so I, I, I'm skeptical of picking against them too much. 
I am too, but I just don't think there's enough there for them to lock up a playoff spot. Um, you know, they did get, like you said, bars all signed and everything, but it's just, I think there's still something like a big piece missing. Yeah, I agree. They could miss the playoffs this year. Um, and, and one of the reasons for that, I think, is because of the New York Rangers. I think the Rangers got a lot better. They, they are just electric up front. Their defense could be a bit of a mess, but we'll see. I love the Rangers. I'm excited to see what they're going to do with the full season of Shesterkin in that. Um, but exciting team that I think will probably sneak into the playoffs. Yeah, I was really high on them last year in the play-in round. Obviously, that, that did not go well, but their their offense is ridiculous, and they drafted Alexi Lafreniere, so it's just like that just adds even more to this offense that's already stacked. Um, I, do, I don't think they're going to get into the playoffs. I want them to, but I just don't think they're there. It's so tough having only four spots and only getting through the division. It is. Um, the Ottawa Senators, they'll be bad again, but – I actually think that they're they might be like low key fun to watch. Like I, I liked the Evgeny Dodonov signing. I think they'll be better with Matt Murray in that. Um, and I think Tim Stutzla is in a position to actually play like meaningful minutes as a rookie. So they'll be fun. But they're kind of like the Devils, where like they're just not there yet. Yeah, it, it, you said it perfectly. They did make a lot of progress over the offseason, but it's still not enough, especially in a division. It's all, all the Canadian teams. And you have like the Canucks, the Maple Leafs, the Canadians. It's just it's too much for them to go against right now. Yeah, uh, Philadelphia Flyers, who I think could actually end up winning the East division. Uh, they're very good and they will be a ton of fun. And I think that they are like a dark horse. I don't even know if dark horse is fair, but like a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. And Carter Hart is going to be nasty this year which I think is kind of the the big thing for them this season yeah and they had a ton of momentum uh right before the season was paused they were one of the hottest teams they just could not stop winning and that momentum really carried into the playing round I mean they locked up the number one seed with the in the in the east division Atlantic division whatever it was back then <laughs> back in that day but I think the same thing it's that they've added a couple people and I think that they're going to be a lot of fun. They're going to be really tough to play against. And Carter Hart's always really fun to watch. So this team's going to be, it's, it's weird calling them a dark horse because I do see them winning the, the division too, but I, but it's the Flyers. They're all, they're, I feel like they're always kind of seen as a dark horse. Right. Uh, the Penguins, I'm not very high on the Penguins. A lot of roster turnover. Uh, I thought the Kasperi Kapanen trade was fine enough for them. Um, it was in effect like a salary dump for the Maple Leafs, but like, I don't think the Penguins are really all that much better and they could be the victim of a tough situation with the division. I don't think they're making the playoffs. No, I think they'll be competitive, but I don't, I think they're going to miss out and I don't think it's going to be really close. I think they'll finish sixth or seventh in the division. I just feel like they're depending so much on Malkin and Crosby and it's always kind of been that way. And it's just like, they're getting older. You need to kind of revamp this roster somehow. And it's just not happening. San Jose Sharks, they can't possibly be worse than last year. Um, I, I don't know which one's the aberration um, because they were close to reaching the cup final in 2019. Then they were just a unmitigated disaster last year. I think they're going to be better, but not much better. Yeah, I think this loss of Joe Thornton too, I think that's going to be felt really heavily. I know he's getting older, obviously, but he's such a staple in that lineup. So I think that's going to hurt. I don't think it's really a difference maker, but I even if he was on the team still, I don't think they'd make the playoffs. Uh, the St. Louis Blues, 
Not having the Jake Allen safety net, I think, will actually be kind of bad. I, I'm not the biggest fan of Jordan Bennington. And losing Alex Petrangelo is not great, even though that they they did make the Tory Krug signing and they did bring in Mike Hoffman to help up front. You know, they're they're without Vladimir Tarasenko for a while. They could be in a bit of a dicey spot, but I, they'll be fine. They'll make the playoffs, but they might not be the wagon they've been. No, I don't think it's going to be like, they're not going to be first in this division. They're not going to be the, the team to beat in the division by any means, but they'll still be competitive. Obviously. I mean, they're still a really tough team. Um, I see them like third or fourth. I'd probably go more third. I don't think they are going to like squeak in, but it's going to be fun for them. Interesting for them. The Tampa Bay Lightning had to make a few tough decisions this offseason just because of their cap situation. They'll be good again. They'll be fine, even without Nikita Kucherov. Oh, yeah. And even if he comes back for the playoffs, it's like they just got better just in time. Yeah, it's a trade deadline acquisition, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs kind of put up or shut up time for them. I mean, they they are the favorite, I'd say, for most in the North Division. I think they will probably win it. Still a lot of questions on defense, though. That's the thing. They always upgrade their offense, but their defense, it's just as if they don't, I don't know if they don't care. They don't even like see it as a problem, but it's always, I feel like we're always talking about the Toronto defense because their offense is fine. Um, I think they're a favorite to win the division. They'll be competitive. And if, oh God, if they don't, if they don't do anything productive this year, Toronto very well may burn to the ground. Yeah. The heads are going to roll. Um, Vancouver Canucks, this is the last year that they're still not in a great cap situation, but like this is the last year that they have uh, Pedersen and Hughes both on their ELCs. So they need to do something now. They're in a position to compete. I like the Canucks, but like they, another team that could be very close to being in like blow it up territory because they need to start planning for the future. Yeah, I think there's plenty of talent on this team and I think there is enough to get into the playoffs. But you are like one move away from being in cap hell. And you see that with the Lightning. Um, and I don't think the Canucks want to be in that situation. Um, but adding Braden Holpe, I think, will be really, really positive for them, kind of getting away from the cap situation. Um, I think he'll be welcome. And Thatcher Demko has proved he's fine, a very capable goalie. So I think, I think they'll be really, really strong team to play against in the division. It's just a matter of how are they going to do this going forward. Yeah, I'm looking forward to watching the Demko Holpe combo uh speaking of good goalie tandems vegas golden knights that they've unbelievably held on to mark andre Fleury, and they just gave robin leonard that extension they have like two maybe three legitimate norris trophy candidates on their blue line like vegas is gonna be good again oh yeah and i don't think there's any question about that they have plenty of depth really everywhere so this it's kind of a complete team that's going to be really tough to play against in that division uh the washington capitals are all very old um, except for in goal, <laughs> like it's going to be Ilya Samsonov, like basically by himself, um, which is why they added so many guys on uh, defense, like the Zidane Chara signing, they got Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Um, so there's some depth there. So I think the additions that they made will probably overshadow uh, any potential hiccups that they might see from uh, Samsonov. Yeah. And I think too, you know, they are getting older, but Alex Ovechkin is just getting better. Um, we know what Char is capable of. So we know that he'll be fine there. Um, they're still going to be a really competitive team. And I think, I mean, I, if they don't get into the playoffs, it's going to be a disaster, but I, I don't see that happening. All right. And then finally, now that we're coming up on the 20 minute mark, we went twice as long as I thought. <laughs> but, uh, the, the, we just love hockey. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets, as long as Connor Hellebuck's around, they'll be competitive, but that defense is still a little bit suspect. 
Um, Patrick Line doesn't want to be there. It feels like nobody on that team wants to be there. Um, but Paul Maurice always does a great job with the Jets. So I'll, I'll hold out hope for them for at least being able to hang around in the, in the North division. Yeah, I have them. I think I put them in fifth. So I think they're going to be right there. Um, Connor Hellebuck's really going to be kind of that make or break. Like he's really going to give this team a chance to win, but they're, they'll hang around, like you said, but I think they'll just be left looking in when, uh, when the playoffs roll around. All right, and a quick lightning round before we get out of here. Uh, your pick for the Stanley Cup? Uh, you know, the Avs. <laughs> yes, we've been there. You have Avs over lightning, right? I do, yes. Yeah, okay. Uh, I've got Avs over Maple Leafs. I'd like to think that the Maple Leafs will finally get over the hump, um, but we'll see. Hart Trophy? Nathan McKinnon from the Avs. Yep, unsurprising. Uh, I have Artemi Panarin because I think it should have been him last year, and if the Rangers are good again this year, it should be Panarin. Uh, the Norris Trophy, go ahead. Uh, John Carlson from the Capitals. Uh, Norris voters love their offense, so that, that could help. Uh, I have Miro Haskinen. Um, he's only 21, but he is just an absolute horse for the Stars. So I think this is his real like breakout moment, national recognition. Not enough people know who Haskinen is. Uh, Selkie Trophy, you, you went with a mainstay. I did. It felt wrong going against Bergeron, but I think it's going to be Ans Kopitar this year. Okay. I went with Anthony Sorelli going back with the youth movement. Um, I, I thought he made a legitimate case for himself last year. Um, but he, with Tyler Johnson gone, like he is probably going to get some pretty heavy minutes. So we'll see. Uh, Vezina, we actually agreed on. We both had two Rask. We did. I'm actually surprised that we didn't agree more, but it makes it more fun that way. Yeah, it does. He's just, you know, he will probably face more shots this year. Um, he is in the contract year, which I, I don't think he cares about that all that much. I think that's more of a media talking point than anything, but he was very good last year. Um, so no reason for me to go against Tuca. Uh, Calder Trophy, we disagreed on. Yep, I have Alexi Lafreniere because uh, it's just kind of like a cop-out going the number one pick, but I just – I. Just don't, I don't see him taking any step back. He's going to be such a powerhouse. All right. And I have Tim Stusla only because he's probably going to play a ton. And I loved watching him during World Juniors. Like, I think that's a guy whose game is going to translate very well right away to the NHL. Uh, well, Lauren, solid work. Um, anything else you'd like to add? Oh, I just think it's going to be a really fun brewing season. I think so, too. So, We'll, uh, we'll just step aside and let hockey happen. 56 minutes until uh, puck drop, or was it Flyers-Penguins is the first game? I think so, yeah. Yeah, that's at 5 o'clock. It will be going on by the time this podcast is up. Um, and we are five minutes late to a meeting as well. So <laughs> we should probably call it an afternoon. Uh, we will reconvene at this time next week. Uh, thanks, as always, for listening to the Ness and Bruins podcast. I'm Logan. That's Lauren. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, and leave a rating. And we will see you next week.